Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Sunday, April 9th, and we are here continuing a conversation with our guest, Maya Lau. She is the host of the brand new podcast called Other People's Pockets. And, uh, you know, it's so interesting because we got into a conversation about how we love the idea of listening in and learning about people's money stories. Uh, of course, when I found out that to be a guest on other people's pockets, you have to disclose your own salary and net worth, et cetera, et cetera, I was sort of like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Mark, would you do that? Would you feel comfortable revealing all of that information about yourself? Uh, yeah, I don't think that would be a problem. I really don't. Oh, brother. I must be an old so-and-so. Anyway, this is the second part of our interview with Maya Lau. Can I ask you a question about the financial investigation part of your life? Sure. Tell me more about that. What does that mean and what does it involve? So... It's kind of like being a financial journalist in terms of you're investigating different companies and the people who run them and just trying to understand more about how they how do they actually make money or who's actually in charge or what's kind of going on inside the company. Not anything, you know, not any insider trading type confidential stuff, but like just stuff that uh, an an investor would want to know. And so you know, my clients are investment firms that are trying to, in the same way journalists do, just trying to ask more questions and research more deeply the companies that they're investing. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're being, so I completely did not understand that that, so you are being hired by say a private equity firm or a mutual fund company to go look at a specific company and do the, almost like help with due diligence? Yeah, 
Really? How'd you get into that? I'm excited. That's very (laughs) intriguing. It just came about as I was looking at post-journalism opportunities, and there were some people that I knew doing that. And actually, also by happenstance or by like sometimes the energy you put out in the world, you get back something unexpected. A recruiter reached out to me um, saying, hey, you know, I have this client who wants help with this kind of work. And I, you know, was like, oh, I <laughs> I think I can help. So uh, the thing I find so interesting is um, journalists often, or at least in newspapers, there's a feeling of like, oh, there's nothing else that I could possibly do after this except PR and I don't want to do PR. But there's so many industries that use the same skills as journalism, but they don't call it that. They don't use the same language to talk about it. But it's basically the skill of going out, understanding a really complex issue, synthesizing it into something that's understandable for someone else and making sense of it. Like that's really all it is. And that there's there so many different companies that need people with those skills. Have you done any work on the world of crypto? I have not, but that's certainly very interesting and hard to understand. (laughs) And what about AI? Are you worried that like the things that you're doing right now in terms of investigations would essentially be able to be conducted with AI as uh, sort of predictive, like that you get you get a whole bunch of reports, you run it all through and you like have a thousand variables there and then it comes back and you say, write a financial investigative report about ABC DEF Co., I just think in general, AI is such a interesting and at times scary space. You know, it like really makes you think in so many industries, not just journalism or investigation, it can replace humans like music. My friend, my friend who's a musician is like, there's so many songs getting written by AI now. And, you know, (laughs) like, he's a musician and and writes music as well and is just annoyed and worried about what that means. I think, you know, I was talking to somebody who works in AI, not related to my job at all. This was social. And the, the person was like, oh, but, you know, at the end of the day, humans are the ones controlling it or whatever. And that's the problem. I know. It's like, yeah, but that's like saying... Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Like, yeah, but mm. if they're uh, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know you, how sister. this ends. So, yeah, it's, not well. It's like the more you read and listen and and think about this, the frightening, more frightening it becomes. I was sort of of the mind, like, you know what? I'm in my late fifties. I don't have to really concentrate. <laughs> oh, I don't on have this. to worry about. I'm <laughs> done. This is essentially what my mother said about like texting. Do I have right. to? Do and I have I'm to like, do yeah. this? Yeah. Yes, you do. And then I was like, yeah, I have to, which is such yeah. a drag. But I'm hopeful to be well on the other side of it before I'm completely replaced. No, I figure that, I mean, look, I think that the idea of being an investigator, there is an an enormous amount of information. The idea of distilling it in a way that people can understand it is huge. And I think that there is also judgment, like what's good, what's good, what's bad, like what's real, what's not. So I do think that that is, to me, a real distinguishing characteristic. Yeah, and I think that it's important, it's been important for me to understand the value of someone paying you for how you think about something. Like, it's not just that anyone can do this, and obviously there are other people that can do what I do, but the the value that I provide is not just that I can do it or I can do it faster. It's that... It's how I think about it. It's my analysis of it. 
And I think that that's a really important place to get to in anyone's career to not just feel like you're a cog in the machine, but like, how can I provide a value that's my insight about something? Um, Mm -hmm. Because that is actually what they're paying for, you know? So it's taken me a while to kind of get to a place where I see that, you know, and I don't just feel, I think as a newspaper reporter, sometimes, of course, my, my analysis and my take was very much like in my stories. And, and as a writer, you have to have a point of view. But at the same time, I felt a little like I'm just one of many reporters. And there's other people that are just as good or better than me. But figuring out just in the marketplace, kind of how you provide additional value, I think is, is really interesting. Let me ask you another question. So you just made a huge move in your personal life. How's that going? Location-wise, moving to Mexico City, it's great. Um, Yeah, we moved to Mexico City, my husband and three-year-old daughter and I. uh, We moved here in November, and it was linked to my husband's work. And it's great. Um, You know, I don't want to jinx it. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a problem with Americans and many other foreigners and digital nomads moving to Mexico City and moving to places around the world that are seen as cheaper by Americans and, you know, people coming here and not speaking the language and not really, you know, just gentrifying the place and being kind of colonialist and being like speaking English really loudly. And, you know, I don't I don't want to be a part of that. And I it, it's complicated. But I am, you know, I do speak Spanish not very well. I really need to improve it. Um, but that's part of what I'm looking forward to and do every little bit every day here. And, you know, it's I've lived abroad before. Um, I love being a fish out of water. I love being I love every day there being a challenge. Like there's something about my everyday life I don't understand. Like how how does the trash system really work? And what you know, like I like that. And it's been really cool to see our daughter pick up Spanish super quickly. Yeah, it's it's a great experience. And I don't know how long we'll be here, but I have no, I don't miss anywhere. You know, I don't. You don't? I, no, I mean, I miss aspects. You know, it's kind of. Where like, did you grow up? Like, actually, did you? Were you a kind of? Uh, did you grow up in a family that moved around a lot? No, I grew up in San Diego, and well, we, now I understand why you wanted to go other places. <laughs> exactly, I was like, <laughs> "Get most, me out of here!" The, um, the, the, can I just say, like, we need some new marketing for San Diego because I was just talking about this with my sister-in-law who just got back from a conference, and she said to me, "It's like such an interesting and rich history, but they like it's, but it, all they do is like." Like, uh, you know, have a silly amount of golf courses and tennis courts and now pickleball. And like, it's just such an interesting history with Mexico and the influences of Spanish culture. And she's like, it's like forgotten. What happened? Speak on behalf of your city of birth. San Diego is a really interesting place. It's a it's a Navy town. And when my parents moved there, it was a very much a military town and not super interesting as they described it. And growing up, I felt like, I mean, it's a lovely place to be when you're little. And then when I was in high school, I just felt like this is so boring. I don't want to go to the beach all the time. Like I really want to live on the East Coast and have weather and brick buildings and stuff like that. It actually has changed. I mean, it's one of the the largest cities in the US. I mean, it's bigger than San Francisco. 
it is very it's pretty diverse i mean not in terms of every different ethnicity but it the food is really good it's a beer scene there's a, a huge microbrewing scene there there's a lot more going on there than there was when i was in high school and so i do think that People just don't think of it as an interesting place. And every time I go back and visit, I'm like, you know, this is actually really nice. But yeah, it's just, you know, there, there's a bit of a, just a beach vibe. And I just like to, you know, walk my dogs and, you know, have burritos and like hang out type vibe, um, mm-hmm. which can be great. But I was definitely like, get me out of here. I want to see the world. I would like to maybe retire here, but I do not want mm. to, <laughs> you know, um, but no shade. to You know, again, it's like I don't I don't want to sound like yeah, anyone no, no, who I wants to that. live there is, you know, I get it. it. Like it is it is more than the beach. It really is. But, yeah, I think growing up, I, I wanted to see other things, too. Where's your next place? Where's the next place you <laughs> want to live? I'm not sure. I don't tend to be somebody who has like a hard five year plan, but. I would not hate living in Europe. Yes. (laughs) Now you're talking my language. Mark and I are all about that. Yeah. Really, totally all about that. We're like, wow. Yeah. Mark's going to move to Italy. Yeah. And, you know, and Portugal is another one of these places that it's been written about so much. It's just overrun with Americans now. And it's just, you know, it's like you don't want to be that person. So I'm I'm just... uh, I'm I'm thinking about that, but yeah, I, I I wouldn't hate I wouldn't hate that. So all right, well, this is very good, Maya Lau. Thank you so much for joining us. And you know what? It is very cool because I like when people are doing different things, especially instead of like sitting around and whining about how your industry is going away. How about recreating a different industry and using your skills elsewhere? The podcast is called Other People's Pockets. Maya Lau is the host, the the creator, and the all around cool former investigative journals aren't you always an investigative journalist it's hard to say hard to turn off yeah (laughs) not happening okay if you have a financial question if you want to know how your job is going to be replaced by an ai bot then uh just give us a holler jillonmoney.com is the website click the contact us button while you're there you can buy the great money reset it's my brand new book and you can subscribe to the new service jill on money live Do something nice for someone else today. Happy Easter to those of you who are celebrating. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.